It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Hi there, friends. Welcome back to Beyond the Building. My name is Laura Pereno, and I'm with Debbie Kiever today, and we do have a special guest with us this month as we're in the month of September, and we're looking at stories of holding on you know our our theme this month is the theme hold on and we've been having so much fun listening to people's stories and engaging on their journeys uh people who have had to hold on to promises people who have held on to their call and we are excited for you to hear this story today actually our special guest today is my cousin and her name is dawn morrison and while we live in two different states, and while I am the oldest cousin in the pack, and Dawn is closer to one of the younger cousins in the pack, uh, God has really given us a relationship that has uh, bound us together through a lot of different pieces of our journey. And as you hear her story, you're going to understand why, because so many of you understand my story. And so I'm excited to have you here, Dawn. I'm just excited to have you share what God has been doing in your life and what your journey has looked like as you've walked this road. And Dawn, I just want to say welcome because I have not gotten to meet you before, but Laura has bragged about this cousin of hers with a phenomenal story. So it's exciting to finally get to meet you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So Dawn, uh, as we start out here, you know, there's so much to the beginning of our stories, right? We've got to put uh, some background knowledge before we get into what God's doing in your life right now or what he has done in your life right now. So tell us a little bit about you, uh, where you were uh, before you got to this place that you're going to share with us today. What did your life, what does your life look like right now? And, and what was the journey that kind of got you to where you are now? Well, right now I am I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm 35 and almost 36 <laughs> in just a few days, really. Um, and I'm married. Been married for 14 years, and my husband's a pastor. And we live in Virginia, Northern Virginia. And we are just enjoying the life that we have that God's blessed us with right now. Um, it's busy, and not anything like it was when we first started (laughs) back in 2007. (laughs) So you've been married since 2007. Yeah. That's, it's quite a long time. And as you, which is awesome. um, As you've been going on this journey, uh, being married, you know, at some point, so many of us have this moment where you start thinking about what the next step is on your journey in your marriage. And so I know there was a a point for you, just like there was for me, where you kind of go, all right, God, um, you know, we've been married. We feel like you are... Pointing us down to this next step of starting a family, and so sometimes those things don't, those roads don't go the way we think they're going to go, and that was my story, and we know it's your story as well. So tell us a little bit about that. What you know, when God put that on your heart, how did that journey go for you? Um, I think I always, I always wanted to be a mom. Like that was always I knew that, and so when we got married, we waited almost a year, and. I don't really know why we even waited that long before we started trying, but so it was about a year into our marriage that we decided to start um, planning to have a family and start trying. And I worked at a hospital at the time and on the oncology floor. And I remember every month I could actually go down to the lab and get blood work to check to see if I was pregnant. So instead of getting like, which I still bought 
pregnancy tests at the store. Um, but I would go almost every month to get wow. my blood work done um, because every month I knew it was going to happen. I wow. knew it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was about a year into our marriage that I that we started trying. And um, after about a year of nothing happening, we decided to go to a doctor and see what was wrong, if there was anything wrong. Um, and we never actually got an actual diagnosis. There's no, still to this day, no actual diagnosis for the infertility. Um, but we definitely had issues on both sides, some stuff with him, some stuff with me, but nothing as an actual reason for it to keep us from getting pregnant. So yeah, we, it was about a year into our marriage that we decided to try. So it's been a long time ago (laughs) now. You know, a lot of listeners, I think have been right where you are, you know, it's part of the journey of our family as we've shared in previous um, podcasts. So as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking somewhere out there too, there's a mother wishing she could just fix it for you. And that's not the way it works. Um, But the theme of holding on this month, holding on, that's a long time. That was, you said it was 10 years or so of trying. That's, that's a decade. That's a long time to hold on. What kind of feelings were you going through Uh, I'm sure it was highs and lows at different points, but that's a really long, painful place to be. Uh, So what were you going through? I mean, you were a Christian at the time, but how do you hold on for 10 years? Right. It is a long time. And looking back now, I can see that it was a long time, but in the moment, it just was day by day. It didn't feel long necessarily until I start to look back and be like, oh, wow, it's already been two years or okay, it's been six years now. And so in those moments, it felt long. But during them, um, it didn't feel long. I just kept going, I guess, every day. I was, we didn't really use hashtags back then. (laughs) But (laughs) I was always thinking forever hopeful. Like that was Mm -hmm. something that I would always hashtag or put at like end of post or whatever, because it was, I just felt like I was forever hopeful. No matter what, it just seemed like next month was going to be it even yeah. though it had been years. And I'm like, why wow. was I thinking like that? But I, I mean, I could only give it to God. You know, we were going to church. We were um, doing all of the good Christian things. You know, we were Christians. We trusted in him, but that doesn't mean it wasn't still hard on the, like every month when it didn't work. And um, there are times when I remember just crying and asking, and I would always wonder like, is this something I did wrong? Am I mm-hmm. being punished? Like, why do I have this desire in my heart mm-hmm. and, and it not being fulfilled? Um, I even prayed, you know, cause there's people would always say, well, don't think about it so much or don't stress mm-hmm. out and it'll mm-hmm. happen or just try and relax and do this and do that. Yeah. And yeah. so there's were months, maybe even years where I wouldn't be focused, focused on it in quotes. Um, but I would always, you know, still be like, Oh, what's that feeling? <laughs> what am I, why right. am I feeling this? Is it, is it now? What's this thinking it's symptoms or whatever. Yeah. But, um, I would even like during those times when I was trying not to focus on it, I would be praying, Lord, if this is not what you want for us, then take my desire away, you know, take it away. And it never, it never left completely. Mm-hmm. It would, I would be okay for a season where I'd be like, okay, well maybe if it's just us, then it's just us and I'll be okay but it would always come back (laughs) and I would always, you know, 
want to keep trying. So we did do fertility treatments. We've done a, a few procedures and nothing ever was successful. Um, and we did, I think we were nine years into trying and I did get a positive test. And then the next day I started. So it's what they would call a chemical pregnancy. And mm-hmm. at the time, it's what you've been you know, praying for and it happened. And I didn't know why you would let it happen. But now having Eliana, I know why. Because if we had gotten pregnant and had, and had stuck, we wouldn't have needed to do adoption. We wouldn't have gone that route. So I know why it happened now. Um, that doesn't take away, you know, the pain of it, um, especially in the moment when you don't know why it's happening and you're just in the moment. Um, but just knowing that God is faithful and no matter what you're going through, there's a reason for it. And I just kept thinking back to Sarah in the Bible and Hannah mm-hmm. and all of the stories mm-hmm. and always relating to them. Always, yep. you know, whenever they say barren woman, <laughs> raising my hand, <laughs> like, yes, me, that's me. That's me. Yes. And just, you know, they're in the, they're in the Bible for a reason. So yes. there's, a, there's a purpose. And so just staying faithful to the Lord because he's faithful. Um, Amen. Yeah. I think one of the things that I have been, I've been hearing myself teach this and share this is kind of grounding me in terms of asking the questions. Like we're in the midst of asking questions right now, you know, why or why not? And I, I, I like to use this analogy of when you go up to a skyscraper and you put that quarter in that machine, that's like the scope for you to see a distance. All you, when you look through there, all you can see is the view that's just inside that eyepiece and you, you you miss the rest of the city. So you've got a close uh, zooming in, but it's just a small piece of the overall picture. And I feel like the moment we're in right now is just a small piece of the entire picture that God sees. So on that morning where you're waking up and you're realizing that you're not pregnant and you're crying and you're asking God why, and all you're seeing is that moment, but far to the right, he sees this little girl that's supposed to be in your family, but you don't see it. You know, you don't see it at that moment. It's very hard to uh, trust him in the moment when it looks like all the doors are shutting. So I'm preaching to the choir, like I'm preaching to me, you know, the, there's a lot of questions that we have right now, but we don't see how the family, our family is going to look five years from now, 10 years from now, but he sees exactly who is called to be in our family. And that's kind of helping is I don't have to have that answer of, of why is this happening right now? He sees the whole picture. He sees the children that are supposed to be in our family. We just don't see them yet. So Dawn, I know that you shared with me a scripture that during this hard time, during this hard season, uh, you were really holding on to, and I love uh, what God was speaking to you through it. Can you share that with our listeners? Because I think it's going to be a great encouragement uh, for people on a similar journey. Yes. Um, Psalm 37.4 has always been a favorite verse of mine. Um, I can't remember exactly when I read it or um, started to really love it. Um, but it says, delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. And in the beginning, when I first learned of that verse, I was like, Oh, okay. So I'm going to, 
be good in the Lord, do what I need to do. And he's just going to give me what I, what I'm asking for, what I'm really wanting. Uh, because it, to me, that made sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but right. the closer I got to the Lord and the more, uh, I guess my relationship grew with him and I matured it, the Holy Spirit just was like, no, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not quite how I meant it. Um, even though we, you know, the Lord does bless us. Um, but once we grow closer with him, he, our desires turn into what he wants for us. He Amen. gives us the desires. So in the beginning, my desire was to be pregnant and have a baby. Like I just wanted to be pregnant, but then 10 years down the road and it hasn't happened. I was uh, ready to be a mom. So my desire for the pregnant part of it was not how the Lord wanted to start my family. And once I realized that I had to be, okay, you know, I was okay with it. And he gave me the desire for the adoption. And as soon as I was like, okay, this is what we're doing. My heart was completely on board with adoption. And there's just, you know, nothing else I could look up on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> nothing else I could Google. It was all about adoption. So the Lord, right. the Lord gave that because that was not, my my plan in the beginning i felt like i was giving up when mm. people would bring up adoption like it was never going to happen that i was going to have a biological child that we were just not going to try anymore to get pregnant and so i felt like it was giving up but it wasn't and That's it's right. not right and the lord definitely had to change that in me in my heart so that verse really helped throughout the time um in that process for us that is so awesome and i have to say dawn uh you know, knowing your story and knowing my story and watching the way that you walked your story and walked your journey in the hard places. And then as we get into this amazing, miraculous story of how God brought Eliana into your family, um, the way that you uh, stewarded your story or walked it on social media uh, with your family, with your friends, you know, your husband's the pastor of the church with your church, the way that you walked this road um, was just so beautiful and so just the way that you said that every month you would go get that test because you knew it was that month. You know, when God turned your heart to adoption, you knew it was adoption. You know, you mm-hmm. are all in and the way that you just put it out there, we are going to adopt. There is going to be a baby was just so encouraging, you know, for those of us who have already been down that road, but I'm sure for so many others. And so I love the fact um, that you, you know, you just shared with us once you said that, yes, that you were ready to be a mom, your, your dream, your desires aligned with God's right. And he was ready to, um, to get, get things rolling. And so God was changing your heart. And in doing so, you know, here we use that word, hold on. He's given you a new resolve to hold on to. Like, this is what I'm doing in your family. I want you to hold on to this. And so you shared it with the world from the beginning, right? And, and I would love at the end of this story that we're sharing for you to share with our listeners, some of these pages they can go to and see your journey and how you walked this uh, walk of faith. But Tell us about that. Tell us about sharing this with the world and how did you share this and what did it look like? I have always been an open book. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyone ask me anything, I'll just tell them. I really have no filter and sometimes it's (laughs) really good and sometimes it cannot be good. (laughs) But from the beginning, I I wanted to share um, because I even thought in my head if we got pregnant, 
I wouldn't, there was no way I would be able to hold it for the first trimester before sharing it with the world. So it was the same idea with the adoption. And um, over the last, I guess, been three and a half years now, I've been more, um, more on social media. I work with unique makeup. And so it's really taught me how to post and just be out there um, and share my story with people, just my life in general. So when we first decided to adopt, I was like, well, we need to put this out there for people to know and to support us with prayer and just to put, you know, because there's so many people praying for us anyway to get, you know, to start a family from my home church back in Pennsylvania and family and everyone that we know so many people like all across the world now from mission trips and things. So like, we just need to put it out there so people know, you know, where we're going and what we're doing. So we made an adoption page. We made Make Me a Morrison, which a friend came up with that hashtag. Um, so we had that adoption it. page and um, and then my own personal Facebook page. But we just, yeah, we wanted to put it out there so everyone along the journey could know what was going on, um, how they could help. And we knew adoption is expensive and we mm -hmm. knew it could take a long time. So we were just ready to get started and share it with everybody um and to me i don't know i just felt like this is what the lord wanted us to do he's for whatever reason um has put adoption in our path and in our life and i just knew a baby was coming yes. <laughs> i don't i just didn't know when i felt i almost felt like an urgency to, mm. like the closer we got to the end of it but I just felt like like as soon as we announced we got the nursery ready like yes people do wow. that wow no <laughs> like, they don't do that <laughs> it was amazing to see you post that on social media and you had just started the process uh, my journey I did not do that dawn so I was watching this and I was saying that is some great faith and I, yeah. that encouraged me and to me I didn't feel like that like mm. I just thought I just wanted the nursery <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted the fun part of, you know, getting everything ready and having it. And because people ask, like, wouldn't that be hard, like, to see that every day and not have a baby? And I was like, no, I don't, wow. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm just, I want it to have it. So I know it's going to be filled someday. So I'm just going to have it wow. in there. So I want it to be ready because they do tell you, like, you just really don't know timing. Like, it could be quick right. and it could be long. And one part that... um we that the Lord really worked, I think, in lining up our path is we chose to do adoption consultants, use an adoption consultant, which is not it's becoming more normal now, but it's not um, how a lot of people do it. Usually you just work with one agency and then you see the birth moms from that agency. Well, the consultant is like a middleman. So they work with multiple agencies and get multiple birth moms to them and then we get to see those profiles to decide if we want to um, present our information to them but that was not like in the beginning I did not want to do that because I was like it's an, an extra cost mm -hmm. I you know it's as expensive already but through our home study agency she brought it up and um, I called the person um, that she had recommended and they gave me the name of another um, agency and so there was connections through just this person said, oh, try them. And so we ended up with the Mustard Seed Consultant Group. And it's a Christian 
faith-based um, company. And that's really, I think, what um, the Lord used to expedite <laughs> our adoption, our adoption story. But hey, yeah, Dawn, yes. let, me, let me just ask you a question. So the if somebody were listening to your story and going, I've never heard of this consultant, is mm-hmm. it what would you Google? Like, do, are you Googling a specific company or is there like a tagline that you would Google? Cause I've actually, we have two adopted nephews and they, my sister-in-law and husband went through an adoption agency, but I've never even heard of this consultant piece. Right. It's, I mean, I would just Google adoption consultants. Like okay. That's something okay. that you can put in there. Um, there's mustard seed adoption consultants. That's who we used. Um, there's another Christian base and I can't remember the name of it now, but yeah, I would just put an adoption consultants mm-hmm. and a, different agencies will come up, different companies will come up that they can talk to and interview with. Um, it is an additional cost. So ours was 3000 for an 18 month contract okay. on top okay. of whatever the agency is going to cost you. It sounds Did like it opens price. up more options though for you. Oh. It really does. So with an agency, most times it can be anywhere from like, I would say one year is generous. So I would say two to three years of waiting when you're with an agency, the consultant groups are anywhere from four months to a year usually. So it really cuts down the wait time. And that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to use it once I realized that, because I was like, I've been waiting for so long <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah we don't want to wait more years, time. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting older. Let's cut that down. It's worth it. And the Lord, I really feel like he was working it out for us to do it that way, um, just opening doors. So once we found them, and one of the first things, well, one of the last things they did at the, our um, phone conversation, our phone interview, she prayed with me and I was like, okay. I'm sold. Yeah, no, <laughs> because that was our first company to do that, and I was like, okay, that's so good to know. <laughs> yes, so adoption consultants definitely look into it if you're able to do the extra cost. So, what was the time frame? Like, when did you, when did you start this whole process? I mean, is this? I don't, I don't even know how old your daughter is. So let's yes. let's start uh, okay. with that. So she's 17 months now. Um, but we started, I can't remember the years, all the years are running together now, but um, because mom brain kicks in as soon as you become a mom. (laughs) But (laughs) I, um, so I think it was 2019, maybe 2018 or 19, someone from our church approached us. And this is how adoption even came into our heart. Um, Someone from our church approached us because their relative was pregnant and in jail. And she was asking if we would be interested or willing to adopt. And for whatever reason, I, at that time, because we had been approached years before, and I was like, no, I don't think so. But at this time, I was ready. And I, I mean, it had to been the Lord saying, okay, do it now. Um, so we had said yes to that, but um, it didn't work out for us. The mom decided not to place the baby for adoption. And he was born in May. But so from that was like December when we were first approached. So December to May, we kind of were quiet about it. We put it out there that we were going to be doing adoption because we knew we were going to have to start raising money, um, whether it was for this specific one or in general, if that one didn't work. So from December to May, we were quiet um, with fundraising, but announcing that we were going to adopt. When that didn't work, 
in October, no, the end of August, I finally reached out to home study agencies to get that lined up because I knew we had to be home study approved and I want to get the ball rolling. So we like looked at different agencies for that. So the end of August to October, I think was when we first had, when we had our first home study appointment. So October, November and December. Um, and we had to kind of wait because of holidays. It was like, and we had to have three, I think, visits with the home study. And in that, that whole meantime, we were um, doing little fundraisers here and there to raise money. And I think by the new year, so this was all 2019. So 2000, January of 2020, we had about $10,000 raised and um, our home study was completed in January the mid of yeah, January 16th. And so we had already decided to sign up with a consultant group. Um, and we, right as that was, that was what we were waiting on basically. So we had paid, I guess, sometime in the beginning of January for our consultant group, but we needed our home study paperwork to become active with them. So January 16th, we were approved. Um, I went on a cruise <laughs> with, for a week. <laughs> And by, when I got off of the boat, it was like the 22nd, I think, something like that, of January. I um, opened my phone, my email, and we were already active with the consultant group. And I had already had emails of perspective for moms. I think there was two or three in there. And I was like, what? Mm -hmm. Like, it, it oh made me gosh. cry just looking it up. This is happening. <laughs> yeah, like, okay this is real and mm. it's really like a possibility. So it, yeah. So the, the paperwork part was basically October to January um, when we did that, um, that process for us. And then the consultant part, like I said, they say anywhere from like four months, possibly all up to a year um, before you actually get baby placed in your home. But it kind of went a little faster than that for us <laughs> when we got started. Um, when we, when I got those emails, we, I got home to uh, my husband back and I was like, because we both had them. And I was like, did you see, <laughs> we already have these emails. And so we didn't um, present our information to them right then. Cause I was really scared that we only had $10,000 and in those emails, it tells you how much the agency is going to how much is going to cost and they were up in the upper 40s and I was like oh man <laughs> mm -hmm. we really need to get the ball rolling on fundraising and you know all of my worries were starting to it was like each step of the process got a little bit more scary <laughs> for mm -hmm. me and um so that was my fear was that we were going to present to a case she was going to say yes and then we would have to say no because we didn't have the money because mm. you'd have, you have to pay a portion of it up front when you're chosen. And then the rest of it, once you get placed with the baby. So I was like, there's no way, but, but God. Yeah. <laughs> amen. Amen. So you started a, a significant fundraiser on social media and yes. people really jumped on board. Um, and these things all line up so amazingly. And I know there's this one crazy moment right at the end where you are just, you need all this, you need this certain amount of money. 
you know Eliana's on her way. You don't know who she is yet, right? But you know that God is working something out in your story. And so tell us about that. I'll never forget watching this because you said on social media, we have something we've got to tell you tonight, you know? And I remember watching and just being like, only God, only God yeah. could come through like this. Yes, we, um, because I had mentioned, we had gone live a couple of times on our adoption page to keep people updated. And I would share my fears each little bit of the way and that I had shared you know like we are seeing profiles but we don't have all the money so we did do a GoFundMe and a lot of people gave towards that and so we were getting some money and and um it, we we had gotten a case um the beginning of February so like a week after I had gotten back from my cruise and it was the scariest case that we had seen at least to our knowledge um with all of the things that, you know, we knew that the birth mom was on drugs and it listed some of the drugs that she had been using and that they were scary and um, not a lot of information about medical history and things like that. It was very little information, but we didn't know the baby would be most likely born addicted to drugs and, and things. So there was a lot of fear going into it and not knowing if we should present to this case or not but so it took us like a day after we got the email but what's funny and I haven't I don't think I really even said this um before but so we got the case we would constantly be checking our email to see when we got new information from birth moms but and so I was always checking and I was on the way to Walmart I think on Wednesday and this was the fourth I remember for whatever reason, I remember all these dates, February 4th, it was a Wednesday. We, I was driving to Walmart and Zach sent me a text and he was like, Hey, did you see the newest, uh, profile? And I was like, Oh no. Or I may have glanced at it. Um, but I was driving, so I didn't read it. He's like, look at it. So I read it. And one of the things that the birth mom had asked for was a traditional Christian family. And so I think we were like, and I think it, she may have said with no, with no children. Um, mm. And I think that's what like piqued our interest. Mm. Like, Hey, that's us. That's right. Us. right. Wow. wow. So, so we were super excited. It was like, almost like we knew right away when we got that email, like, Oh yeah, this is the one we want to present to. But then the more we got into it and reading all the stuff, the devil, I think was just putting fear into mm. our, our hearts, our minds about all the things that could go wrong and, and everything. So that was the hardest one that we, cause we had presented to a couple, two other ones, I think, and had not been chosen. And so on the 5th of February, I was at work and I was like, you know what? Yes. Okay. We're doing it. So we sent wow. the email in to be presented to her. And then we still had to wait to see if she would pick us or not. So that was on the 5th. That was the Thursday morning, Sunday morning, the 9th, no, Sunday night, the 9th, um, we had church that day. We had come home from church and the treasurer of the church called Zach. And I hear him, I think he asked if we were both there and went on speakerphone. And he told Zach on the phone that somebody had anonymously donated $25,000 to our- Oh my goodness. Fundraiser to our adoption. And we just- lost it right there we both mm, just started mm, crying and we couldn't talk <laughs> mm, and we were just like what who would do that who would mm, do that we could never in our mind in our wildest imagination do we think that anyone mm, would do that we'd heard stories you know mm, people getting things like that but it never crossed our minds that it would happen to us so 
with them giving 25, we that took us up to 35,000. And then more was still coming in because I had, you know, told people that we were getting closer and stuff. So we really had gotten closer to 40, I think, by the time everything was done. So anyway, that was Sunday night on the 9th that we got that. On Valentine's Day, the 14th, <laughs> we were um, watching a movie at home. It was late. It was like eight o'clock at night. And oh, okay. I need to backtrack. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thursday morning before Valentine's Day. So the day before I got a message from my agency or the consultant group saying that they weren't working with the birth mom anymore, that they had stopped because there was red flags. And so they weren't working with her anymore. And wow. they're like, but if we hear anything else, we'll let you know. And we'll get more information as to like why they stopped and why they felt they couldn't work with her. But, um, but yeah, as of now it's a no go where they're not working with her anymore. And I remember thinking, Oh, but yeah. she was going to pick us. I thought, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like I just knew it, and then it didn't work. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess not. That I guess not. So then the next day, Valentine's Day in the evening, like around eight o'clock or something, I get a phone call from the consultant group. And when I saw her name come up, it's like, okay, what's going on? She wouldn't be calling me unless there was something happening. So I answered, and yeah, she told us that we were chosen that she they decided to work with her again that she had come back um, I guess she wasn't meeting with them like they wanted her to or wasn't following through with things but then she came back to them that that next day and was like no this is what I want and I want the Morrison family and this is this is what I want to do so they called us and let us know and it was I remember shaking like yeah. physically shaking yeah yeah so, at least 30 minutes or more afterwards like I could not believe it so and we knew that she was due March 23rd that was her due date and we knew it was a girl um so we were we were so excited so the next day we went to Target got a little outfit so we could <laughs> announce it to our parents over a Aww. video <laughs> and all that fun stuff but yeah I will never forget how the Lord just worked everything out so that we could say yes amen when, when we were chosen so it was, it just still blows my mind. This, the timeline of wow. everything. Well, God's, um, God setting everything up for you, Dawn is, is just this miraculous, amazing story. And then you have that moment, right? Eliana is due in the end of March, right? You're in February, you've been chosen and things go even faster than you thought they were going to go. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> we, um, the 14th we were chosen and then we started like looking up baby names trying to get that figured out and I had a trip planned the end of February um going to a ladies conference in Georgia and it was going to be me and one of the ladies from my church we were going to drive down and I even remember joking um like oh wouldn't it be wouldn't it be funny if she was born when I'm there because she was going to be born in Orlando so I was like oh I'll be closer that'd be so much fun <laughs> and um I even asked my mom too when my grandmother's birthday was because my grandmother passed away in 2006 um and I knew it was sometime in February that was her birthday and so she told me and this was like I, I can't I had to look back at messages it may have been before we were chosen or it may have been I think we had already been chosen and um she was like oh yeah she's her birthday's February 27th I was like oh okay wouldn't that be fun if she was born her birthday. Mm. Well, 
week I go for my trip and we're um, getting ready for the service. And it was um, the 29th of February. And I go into the church and we're sitting because it, it hasn't gotten started yet. And my phone, there's not very good service in there, cell service. So my phone makes a noise or vibrates and I look at it and it's a voicemail. I was like, that's weird. It didn't even ring. So I look at it and the transcription comes up and it says something about um, all I saw is you have a baby girl. I'm like, so I hop up, run out of the church. By the time I get to the door, she's the agency's calling me back again. So I answer and I was like, hello, <laughs> like, what, what are you talking about? And she said, your baby girl was born two days ago. Uh, birth mom's already signed papers. Wow. She's yours. When are you wow. going to get here? And I just wow. fell on the ground. <laughs> I, was oh. I was like, what? I'm, I'm in Georgia. <laughs> My husband's in Virginia. What? What? And wow. because part of the process, you have to wait for the birth mom to sign. And every state is different with how long they have before they can change their mind and um, revoke that decision, the revocation period. And so this consultant group only works with states that have um, two days or less for that mm. time period. Okay. And so once I found that out, I was like, okay, that's not too bad, but those two days are going to be awful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be so worried, <laughs> but the Lord took care of that too. Because yes. I didn't even have to worry. You didn't even know. There's no wow. time. Wow. That yeah. is amazing. That yeah. is amazing. So wow. She was wow, already wow. here. Wow. She's crying. <laughs> well, I hear her crying. We can wrap up. I just, I, if you could just um, share with us, cause there's so much, there's so many miracles to your story. And I know that, you know, Eliana and you all spent a significant time in Orlando because of a COVID right. And, right. and Eliana had some uh, medical concerns in the beginning, mm -hmm. but I remember when you texted me and told me you were going to see the baby and then sent me that picture at like, I, I just wanted to lose it just like you've been talking about here now. And as we kind of close the story, what were the, how did it feel like when you walked in and what you had hoped for, for so many years and what you believed God for and what you delighted in according to what he wanted, when you saw it with your eyes for the first time, you know, how did that, what was going on in your heart? And then how can you use that to encourage other people um, who are on a similar journey that you've walked? Um, I'm going to be 100% honest. <laughs> I felt the most scared in my yeah. entire life. Yes. When it, well, okay. When we first walked in, I just couldn't believe it. It was surreal. And when we first saw her, it was surreal. Like I just couldn't believe it. But then once it sunk in that she was mine and that she was hooked up to this all the medical stuff mm. and um, fear just set in. I was so scared, mm. but that I think um, the Lord was making me draw closer to him. Cause a lot of times I like to, I know all the time. I like to take control. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have a little mm -hmm. control issue. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so I had to trust him mm. with now my baby, you yes, know, yes. and realize he's hers. Mm -hmm. she's his she's, yes, yes, she's yes, his yes. baby like she, he is taking care of her no matter mm -hmm. what I do yes I can't do it it's him yeah he's watching it he's watched out for her for these 
all before she was here. Amen. You know, um, he picked her for us for a reason and he's going to take care of her. Yes. And I, no matter how scared I am, because it's scary being a mom, <laughs> it, it really is. Um, but he's there and he's faithful and he's going to take care of everything, even if it's hard, even if you have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> mm. He does, and he has it worked out. So he really has, I think, been teaching me to trust him even more you know it it seemed like those 10 years was the easy part (laughs) yes yes really taking a lot of faith and trust you know because because I've waited for her for so long I want to hold on so tight I want to keep her from everything I don't want anything to go wrong but I need to trust him yeah because he's the one that has her you know that he's in control and yes, COVID happened at the same yeah. time. And so it was, it's been a lot, um, mm-hmm. but trusting the Lord is definitely the only thing that can get you through it. Amen. Hands down. So that's such that's a powerful how- truth, regardless of what each person's story looks like. You know, I think of how he is the God of the details. He <laughs> timed the right amount of money at the right day that you really needed it. And uh, even down to the the timing of her birth and your grandmom's birthday and 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 I and I appreciate too how open you were to the community. I mean, when you are friends with somebody that you know has been trying, it's that dreaded question you want to ask: Has anything happening? And yet, from your perspective, you dread that question being asked all the time. So the fact that you put it out there, look, pray into this adoption journey with us it wasn't just your baby it was your community's baby you know and so that idea of I don't want to mess up as a mom you've got a community that has been there with you before she was conceived right and and they're not going anywhere they are invested literally in your family so I'm just I'm glad that you we're transparent about that. So regardless of what anybody's story is in we've, this whole month, we've been focusing on holding on, holding on to the call that God places on our lives or the promises. The key is what are we holding on to? It's him. We're holding on to him in the midst of all of this. So Laura, this has been incredible. Finally getting to meet Dawn <laughs> and hearing her story. And it is an amazing story, man. It's been quite a month too of listening to Uh, a number of fascinating journeys of people who have really held on to the one who was always faithful in the midst of this. Laura or Donna, any final comments that you have as we are wrapping up this podcast? Any final takeaways that you have? Go ahead, Dawn. Um, I do just want to say her name, her meaning of her name. um, Absolutely. It is a important um, to me, to my husband. So we were looking for names and my mom's name is Ellen. And I asked a friend, I was like, I don't have no idea what to name her. (laughs) And so she said, look up EL names, you know, something maybe to incorporate your mom. So on Pinterest, I just put in EL names (laughs) and that was it or EL girl names. And I scrolled down and Eliana came up E-L-I-A-N-A. And underneath of it, it had the meaning and it said, God has answered. Amen. And as soon as I saw That's it, it yeah. I knew it. <laughs> yes. I like, There's her name, Eliana, oh. never in my radar, but 
I loved Aww. it. And um, so yeah, Eliana Joy, Joy for Zach's mom's middle name. So we have so beautiful. both grandmoms in there. And then mm-hmm. God has answered because he truly, he really, really answered above and beyond. Amen. Amen. That's so beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. That's awesome. Well, as we uh, wrap up with that amazing ending, mm. uh, you can you can check out uh, Dawn's adoption page at Make Me a Morrison on Facebook. You can follow Dawn Morrison on Facebook. You can catch her uh, her page for her uh, makeup business through Unique. And I know it'll all be a great blessing for you. Dawn, thanks for being here with us today. It has been a joy to see you like this. <laughs> Thank <laughs> so you. You're very welcome. So thanks for being with us, guys. All our listeners out there, we're so appreciative of you. And we look forward to talking to you again next week as we come back together for more Holding On. Take care. Have a great day. Thanks, everybody. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.